This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hi, this is Bryson Stott, first-round draft pick of the Philadelphia Phillies, and you're listening to the High Hopes Podcast with James Seltzer and Jack Fritz. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Another edition of the High Ups Podcast. Why wouldn't I when we have such monster guests on this podcast? What else is the O4, Jack? That is true. We do have monster guests. You know, people doubt the High Ups Podcast, but we got some pull over here. Listen, yes. when, we, when we talk about these prospects, I mean, sometimes you got to deliver. Well, the funny thing is, is, is for this specific podcast, more excited to talk to these guys than the players on the actual major yeah. roster. Yeah, so. we don't care about the actual team. No. I'm, a, I'm I'm strictly a future guy. I know. We've learned. We know. <laughs> Arizona all... Fall League is your playoffs. Yeah. And, Got it. Yeah, and our boys down there, man, they're awesome. doing it. So we're going to, coming up, talk to Mickey Moniak, Alec Bohm, and Spencer Howard. And you can watch the Fall League Championship game on MLB.com on October 26th at 2 p.m. Eastern. Their website is mlb.com slash afl for all information about the league literally what i did on saturday, saturday pretty night. awesome very cool that you can watch this stuff and oh, thank god very cool that we got to talk to these guys so yeah well saturday night pretty awesome saturday night so take you through my riveting saturday oh i can't wait it was I, why i'm here i watched the six hours of cricket on saturday afternoon <laughs> what yeah so my friend from high school um is in a cricket league ah yeah and i was like i haven't seen him in a while like it's like with them walking distance in my apartment so mm-hmm. i was like oh, i'll go watch him support him awful sport <laughs> just a totally awful sport i don't understand it it's like thank god baseball is invented imagine <laughs> imagine having to watch cricket it's so bad like some matches go on for five days yeah it's, it's bad. horrible it's bad. anyway so i was watching cricket then i went to tire dance which, oops i ended up tire dance again and then and i get home flip on was the nlcs i think it was the nlcs mm-hmm. have that on and then on my computer is the arizona fall league look at you and alec Bohm put together in that bat that I was, like, drooling over. I was drooling. It was, like, nine pitches. He fouled off a bunch. He was kept in contact. And then he freaking laced a single right over the second baseman's head on a 2-2 count. It's like, this guy is just everything. He's so he's such a good hitter. Alec Bohm is such a good hitter. Alec Bohm is going to be a freaking, like, 330 home run guy. Wow. 330 home runs. Wow. Legitimately. He's going to be that. I'm okay. not like, it's the most... As for as sure I was, quote unquote, about Pavetta, I am just as confident in Alec Bohm. So <laughs> no, I would why like would to you officially say that? apologize to Alec Why Bohm. would you say it like I that? I don't care. I don't. Listen, he's going to be a freaking machine. Uh, I don't know how you're going to get him out. Alec, I'm so sorry. No, Even though, Alec's fine. Yeah. Uh, he's a professional. Uh, I'm so sorry, buddy. If I if we had not already recorded the interview with Alec Bohm, 
that we're going to play for you later. I would apologize to him in the interview for what you just did, but Alec, know that I'm sorry. Because I'm sure he's going to listen to the mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, um, definitely going to do that. <laughs> like, uh, who, 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 what? Oh, yeah. He sure, said, he said what? He compared me to, Be- to Pavetta? <laughs> well, there goes my career. No, but Al- Alec Baum is a is a monster. I, I can't wait. It. I can't wait to I up love here. it. I'm excited. I don't know what position he's going to play. He I, thinks he's going to play third base. Yeah. That's a, good, that's a good teaser. That's there. what they do. He thinks he's going to play third base. Um, a lot of people disagree. Um, but, like, just stand there and feel the ball. <laughs> Not that hard, yeah, man. It's just baseball. As long as you get hit, we're good. But they, we said that about Reese when we they put saw Reese, in Reese left. play left field. So Bohm would be, be a better left fielder than Reese. But then I don't know what you do with McCutcheon. Yeah, I think Bohm more likely a better first baseman than Reese. Yeah, but even like Bohm's not even like we don't know if he's a good first I baseman know. either. I think you just keep him at third for now and, and make sure he can't work there. Okay, that's what I mean, that's what they did with Brom when he got yeah. called up. Yeah, I mean, right? look, look there, remember Chris Bryant wasn't going to be a third baseman. He's an okay third baseman. Yeah, it's a, Really good third. He's baseman. a good third baseman. I wouldn't say a great third baseman, but people didn't think he was going to stick. So, should be Troy Gloss. Troy Gloss was a good third baseman. Yeah, yeah. I think I think eventually he's going to be in left field. Hopefully he's a better hitter than Troy. Uh, Troy Gloss was a great power hitter. You said average. Sorry, Troy Gloss never had three hundred, did he? I don't think so. Troy Gloss. Yeah. Is- Troy Gloss is a great hitter. I didn't. I, I didn't mean to say hopefully a better hitter. I meant to say hopefully he has a better average because you just get me wet my appetite with the three hundred. And Troy Gloss was never a three hundred hitter. I don't think. You looking it up? Yeah. Oh, well, he's a career 254. That that was more my point. And I didn't mean to say it better. If he's Troy Gloss, I'll be incredibly happy. Troy His Gloss, best season was a 284 batting average of the 400 OEP and 47 four, I was going to say, he hit a bunch of home runs. Troy Gloss, I, I, that was phrased poorly. I meant to say a better average hitter because yeah. you got me all excited. Well, I just think he's going to be, I just think he's going to be, he's going to be, he's a, a rare combination of both contact and power. Like, that's what he, that's what he is. He's like a J.D. Martinez kind of hitter. <laughs> yes. How much more do you need me to go? How much do you need me to go deeper? I can't believe we're still doing it. Yeah, I mean he's got a, he's got a better bat to ball skills than Chris Bryant. <laughs> How much more do you need me? All right. You need more? Yeah. No, I'm good. I can keep going. I'm good. How much time you got? No, I'm good. <laughs> All right. So we'll get to those guys in a second. Yeah, Mickey Moniak, by the way. A phenomenal talker. Like a really great talker. I actually wish we could have just talked to him for 30 minutes. It would have been yeah, great. Mickey Moniak's awesome. a very interesting talker. I, I, yeah. I hope he gets up here and I hope he I'm excited well. for it. He, the interview with Mickey Moniak actually made me root. I was already rooting for him, root for him harder. Yeah. I, I'm very in on Mickey Moniak. Welcome, welcome to, you're, the, welcome you're, to the club. We are, we are in tandem now. Yeah. Really. We have not talked to Spencer Howard yet. No. We're looking forward to it, though. Yeah, but here's the thing. When it comes up, it will have like. Yeah, we're really messing with time right now. It's a real, real weird thing that we got going on. Yeah, it's whatever. Things that are happening already, that haven't already, will be happening later in this podcast, and something that hasn't happened yet will also be happening later in this podcast. Whoa, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the government, man. Right. You, uh, you, had a, <laughs> you had a Milton take you want to get yeah, out there. Yeah, so what I've... What I've I was in a really dark place after the... As we all were, my friend. And guess what? It's about to get even darker. Oh no! Because what I realized—I was not expect—I was expecting it to, uh, no. to flip it the other way. What I realized about John Middleton is that he's late. He is late to everything. They are not like. All right, here's 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 the case. Here's the case, right? Um, start off with Miguel Alfredo Gonzalez, the mm-hmm. the Cuban pitcher that unfortunately passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, it was during the time when it was like, oh, you gotta sign, you gotta spend big money. In the Cuban market, it was when Jonas Cespedes came up. Uh, like uh, it was Jorge Soler was around that time. Uh, like just it was like, oh, that's the new rage. You got to go spend the money there. Boom, we spend the money there, but it's late, right? You got to spend big money on international prospects. 
Go sign Jalen Ortiz to a million-plus contract in the same year as Vlad Guerrero and Juan Soto. Right, so you gotta spend big money. Like the, the next trend is you gotta spend money. You gotta spend big money in the inter- international market. Analytics. Now he's the, the the big analytics guy. Four years too late. Yeah. Got to hire an Ivy League GM. Four years too late. Yeah. Got to hire a forward thinking manager. Three years too late. Mm-hmm. Late, 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 late. Yeah. Not forward thinking. Not aggressive. Not cutting edge. Ultimately, gets on something. And uh, listen, same thing with the, the, their actual makeup of their team. Like the freaking shifts last year. Like we talked about it. Like mm-hmm. how yeah, we talked. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So like, it's just, it's it's it's. Oh, another one. Uh, uh, you gotta sign legacy players, right? We signed Miguel Tejada Jr. Now I have no idea if Miguel Tejada Jr. is gonna be good. I hope he's good. But like now that's a little rage. Now we're just signing the guys. <laughs> I'm with you. Look, it's crazy. It's crazy. You were the one who was optimistic is, about Middleton is, last pod. Is, I was not. That is like seven or eight instances of them yeah. being late. And again, not only are they late, but then they are making the wrong decisions in those arenas. It'd be one thing if they were late to signing in the Latin market, but they signed Soto or they signed Flaggero Jr. Like, like not only are they late to these things, it'd be one thing if they were late to analytics, but applying these analytics correctly, they are both late and flawed. Yeah. Like, that's a really bad combo, Jack. Yeah, they're late, and they don't, and, they, and then when they get there, they don't know what to do they with do it. They do it wrong. And I think this this quote is a, is just where the Phillies are at as an organization. This is from Matt Klintak from that disaster of press conference. Mm-hmm. I can't necessarily walk into their room and point out to their formulas and find the flaws in them if they exist. So that's a challenge for everybody. But I think we do a lot of benchmarking. You look around the league and you can observe how other successful teams are operating, the types of decisions that they're making. You can kind of back into how they're arriving at some of their decisions. Oh, God. And we can test what we're doing against what they're doing. Backing into decisions, Matt? How about you freaking have an idea as to what you are doing rather than, oh, that's a cool, trendy idea. Let's jump on that and then be late to that. Uh, Well, that's the problem. That's what he's saying. He's saying that they're essentially looking at what other teams are doing and trying to mimic it. What do you do here? Yeah. What does any of these guys do here? I don't know. I got nothing, man. And again, I keep coming back to the more I think about the press conference, the fact that they were willing to – over and over and over again throughout the press conference in many different ways and with each of them saying things to the same effect, just air to the world that they were all completely in disagreement about this whole process is is crazy to me. You're telling everybody, yeah, Middleton's telling everyone, I don't trust these guys who work for me. Just so you know, I don't trust them. And Klintak and McPhail are saying, "Uh, yeah, well... We didn't think it was a good move, but our owner won't let us do our job. This it's it's epic, epic fail type stuff there, Jack. And McPhail. they broadcast it to the McVail. Good job. They broke it to the world. It's not like they just kept this internally and we're like, yeah, all right, we disagree, but you know what? For the good of the franchise, we're gonna come to as collaborative a decision as we can. But we're gonna keep it in house to not let the world know the dysfunction that we have. They just Put it all on the table and said, look at this. Look at how messed up it is. 
and not put it on the table like John Middleton did when he signed Bryce ah. Harper. The wrong kind of put it on the table. Yeah, I, I forget that guy. I don't even know that guy. Yeah, I mean... And, like, you got to deal with the freaking Nats going to the World Series. There's nothing I... I like, if... Uh, a Yankees Nats World Series, I'm not watching. I'm just shutting it down. That's not true. I but I, I am not gonna watch. I'll shut it down. No, you of course you'll watch. You gotta I, see you gotta see them do shark do 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 have you have you played the baby shark song yet for Zoe? No, I've not. It Good. is a very big song. Boycott it. No one's allowed to play it. Yeah. I wa- honestly I watched it last night. Three point six billion views on YouTube. Oh, it's a it's a big thing. What, yeah. What a joke. It's it's not I mean, great. It's stupid baby songs. Yeah. Figure out something else to sing. <laughs> sing it sing American Pie. That's good. God, the Nationals. God, they're frauds. Such frauds. Oh, my God. You have the guy today, like, when did you become a Nationals fan? Today. (laughs) (laughs) Think about the freaking 1883, two world championships. Yeah, so the Nationals are in the World Series. The Braves are light years ahead of the Phillies. All is great. But we got money. All is great. No, honestly, they're going to be fine. Oh, man. Why not? Why Look, not? They ha- here's, here's the thing. Here's, here's the case. Here's uh, the case. Well, the case is easy, the ca- but it's a case for this year and the next year. No, no, no. It's not, it's, it's a not, long-term not case is a lot harder no, to make. Not. Okay, no, make no, it's it. not. It's not, it's, not hard, it's not a hard case to make at all. Okay. Literally, it's not a hard case to make at all if they were smart. But, like, okay, so you have Boehm. You have Spencer Howard coming up. Hopefully, you have Mickey Moniak coming up, right? Like, you have the younger players. In, like, Boehm and Spencer Howard are obviously integral to to whatever plan they have, right? Like, those guys need to be... Legit, like you need Spencer Howard to be a legit two, right? Mm-hmm. Legit two or three. You need you need Alec Bone to be your four hitter, so you can move Reese down the lineup, right? So, which is fine. But like, the Nationals were competing, and they just went out and spent a lot of money on Juan Soto. So, of course, the the case is you like if you can't, you're not gonna have high draft picks. Well, even if you have if. The points you're going to make better. If you like, the again, point is, this like, is the- all they need to. Yes, the, yes, yes. The plan is they need to draft and develop well and sign well in the international yeah. market. No, what? A, no crap, Jack. Figure it out. Yes. The Na- the Dodgers picked Gavin Lux like 18 for 18 I'm with overall. You. Look, they, like they, you have to you have to figure that crap out. I that is everything. It is the 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 future of the franchise is dependent upon. So it. they have money. They have- Look, they can compete this year, next year, and whatever. If they go get Garrett Cole, if they revamp the bullpen a bit, if they spend some money, spend money, they, they can compete immediately for they sure. But the, the, it's the spending money. They see they have the financial flexibility, which is great. They 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 just need to figure out their crap when it comes to scouting and developing and all of that. Because that's the only way it's going to yes, work. Yes, they not, just need to figure out the most important thing in this sport right, but they're and not, do it well. Because they're not bad enough to where they're going to be picking at the top of the draft, right? right? They're not They're not that bad. Yeah. So you need to hit on the mid-round picks. You need to, like, Cody Bellinger in the second round. Like, I, You're preaching, I know, man. but, like, just figure that. That's the, that's the case. That's the case. That they can, they, it's not, like, dire doom and gloom. They can compete on the surface level and also be able to figure out their stuff. Well, it's not doom and gloom until they hire Mike Koploff oh, to be their scouting uh, director. We should probably get into that. <sighs> Listen. Hire an Angels or Orioles guy to be their freaking scouting director. I am going to lose my mind. Get James, ready. I spent Monday and Tuesday morning, all morning, after I was done prepping for the show, looking up Brian Barber and Scott Meany from the Cleveland Indians. Watching them dissect the Yankees' war room, and he got Brian Barber, who was like, the second in command, their national cross checker, the guy that went and checked out Aaron Judge, the guy that is like literally 
second in command to the leader of their amateur scouting. That guy's just sitting there. He's just sitting there. Mm -hmm. Just hire him from a team that is a big market team that is scouted and developed well. Why would you hire Mike Coppola? I don't know. I I, I got nothing, Jack. I, obviously, none of us really know Mike Coppola and, and whatever their internal candidates are. But for the love of God, the guy's right there. Just get, just hire that guy. That's what we've been saying, He's Jack. a big market guy that's built the, that's, that has helped scout and develop the Yankees. This should not be that hard. They're going to hire internally. Yes. It's, it's going to drive me crazy. They're going to hire like internally. The, like the Indians are at the- uh, I know, and have been for years at the forefront of it. They're so good at drafting. I know. All the time. It's how they compete every year with no money. For the love of God, please. 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 All right. Let's go from a- Well, a, should we talk? I mean, we should talk with the managerial candidates, too, that are interviewing this week. Uh, sure. I mean, what else do we have to say about Dusty Baker, Buck Showalter, and Joe Girardi? I'm in on Buck, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'd make them. I think I think he'd make them legitimately good. I think next we year. both agree. It goes Joe Buck, Dusty. Dusty. But honestly, good with all three. Yeah, uh, look, I. Uh, they all have their, their their. Dusty is the one I want the least, like substantially. But, yeah, but even I would be fine. I'll take an adult. I'm good. Even the even the. I bad, don't want Dusty. I would prefer it's not Dusty. But but even the bad part about Dusty's are, even the bad parts about Dusty aren't that bad. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, like he's a player's coach. Yeah. Accountable. Yeah. Has zero idea how to use the bullpen. And where's wristbands? Zero. Zero idea. Be super fun. <laughs> what 70 be, years old. Would he be that fun? Yeah. No, I love, I, love I, I like Dusty Baker a lot. I'm fine with Dusty. I would love Joe Girardi. I would be happy with Buck Show. Buck Show Alter, according to Dan Connolly. Um, I, I actually really liked did Dan you read Con- that? Did you read that article? I, I heard his interview on the morning show uh, with Angelo, and it was really good. Let me just say the reason why I'm very pro Buck is because of one sentence in that. Dan Connolly piece, uh-huh. and it was that Buck Showalter co- uh, managed circles around Joe Girardi in the bullpen Ooh. in the uh, in the old AL East matchups Ooh, until he did the Zach Britton thing. Yeah, that's the one that it's tough does come back. It's to a tough you. one to get past. I'm I'm legitimately excited to see what an old school manager's going to do. I, look, me too. And again, I do think that there should there can be real hope for for this upcoming season. Like if they go, they have to spend. I mean, don't get me wrong; they have to add to this team substantially. But a, a legitimate manager, and they add to the team, and you get McCutcheon back, and I, there's there's hope. Some hope. Get a bullpen? <laughs> All right. No, but, like, like Dusty Baker turned – or not Dusty Baker. Buck Showalter turned, like, like Zach Britton a failed starter, Brian Maddox a failed starter, Michael Givens – uh, Darren O'Day, like all those guys, into one of the best bullpens in the AL yeah, for a couple years. Yeah. Imagine what he could do with Pavetta. <laughs> oh man, you give him that arm. I should have seen that. Yeah, well. I should. I should have realized why you were selling on Buck. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> I did honestly talk myself into Pavetta. Yeah, not surprising. If they give, I don't trade him. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a fifty percent. Ch- I think there's like a fifty percent chance he's gone. Yeah, that was good. You're just like, don't trade him. Okay. So wait, uh, don't, don't trade him. Just keep, what's the harm? Is he really that bad of a guy? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, let's do it. Let's get to them. The one, the only, the three. That was bad. Yeah. What are you doing? I don't know. I was trying to get to the guy, Mickey Moniak and Alec. You're Bob. like, you're like, let's get to the guys. <laughs> <laughs> to the guys. All right. All right. We're going to what James is trying to say is that we're going to throw it to our interviews with Mickey Moniak, yes. Alec Baum, yes. and 
the future number two of the Philadelphia Phillies. Actually, no, Spencer Howard's gonna be the number three because Garrett Cole's gonna be the one, Aaron Ola two, Spencer Howard the three. Oh, I number love four, this. Zach Eflin, number five, Jake Harrier. <laughs> yeah. No. You excited? It's going to be Jason Vargas instead of Should Arias. I start uh, printing playoff tickets? Yes. With Jake Arrieta as my number five? No. Uh, Vargas out of Arrieta. Okay. Arrieta out of the bullpen. <laughs> Super. I'm sure, he'll, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'll love that. All right. Let's go back in time. and Well, then, back in time for the first the two. Future. And then into the future for Spencer Howard. All right. We're coming right back. <laughs> and it is our distinct pleasure, as Jack Fritz is literally fist pumping next to me, to welcome in a man who we have talked about Many times yeah. here on the High Ups Podcast. Our favorite son, we like to think of him as. Yes. I don't think he thinks of us that way. No, but not yet. Maybe at the end of this podcast, That's what we're hoping for. Right now, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Let's welcome in the one, the only former number one overall pick, Mr. Mickey Moniak. Mickey, what's up, brother? Not much. Just uh, just hanging out here in Arizona, enjoying myself. How you guys? Good, man. Mickey, have you come off that high from that diving catch last night? That was awesome. Yeah, no, it felt good. Um, you know, uh, anytime you can make a play like that with the bases loaded, two outs, up by one run is, uh, like you said, it's definitely a high. So I'm feeling good. Uh, I have the day off today, so I'm just going to be sitting on the bench cheering on my teammates and, uh, yeah, just enjoying a game of baseball. So would you say that you are, in fact, clutch? I mean, do you have the clutch gene? Is that what you're trying to tell us? I mean, not only do you have that diving catch, but in the Reading playoff game, I mean, you came up clutch there. Are you the clutchest minor league Philly? Uh, I mean, that's definitely up in the air. If you yeah. ask me, I'm, I'm going to say yeah. If you ask Bohm, I hope he says yeah. yeah. If you ask Josh, I hope he says yeah. So um, I hope, uh, yeah, we uh, we all like to think we're the best. It's, it's a good, friendly competition, but uh, we have fun. and So, yeah, I, I'll say yeah to that one for sure. That's the, that's the correct answer, Mickey. We would have said yes as well. So uh, you might not know this, uh, but – Jack Fritz has some history with you, and he yeah. actually has something he'd like to apologize yeah, to you Yeah, so, for. Uh, Mickey, um, I'd like to just first off apologize, hand up. You know, this is on me. Um, <laughs> he actually put his hand in the air. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to personally take responsibility for the, the you bit of slow start to the season before you really picked it up. Um, you were in my Twitter bio. Um, it read Life, Liberty, and Mickey Moniak second half splits, and my Twitter bio was absolutely cursed. And the second that yeah. you came out of my Twitter bio, you went on a tear. So I just like to apologize for the slow start of the season. It was not you. It was all me. Uh, that was you, God. Yeah. Now it makes now it all makes sense. Yeah. You're yeah. like you're like, why uh, is this happening? I'm I'm doing everything right. Yeah, it's I just, just figured I had to come clean. You know, I had to come clean right. and say I'm sorry. I, I have kept everyone else out of the bio. Um so uh congrats on the great second half of the season. It was awesome to to see from afar. But my other my other quibble is I mean, you followed me on Twitter for like a week. And then he gave me the unfollow, and I just want to know what's up. Wow. Um, Asking the hard questions here. You, I have zero recollection of that. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> but I will definitely, if I don't already follow you, I will I will throw you the follow for sure. Mickey, don't give him the pander follow. Hey, He's got to earn defense, it. In my defense, I like to try to block out all of the, just any any media on Twitter. So, And that, that, that's just from uh, from the first year in Lakewood on, because you know how that can get a little overwhelming at times. Yeah, it's a cesspool, so, uh, Mickey. Yeah, that, no, that's, 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 that's my defense, but I will definitely throw you the follow back as soon as you get done here. <laughs> Mickey, you're the man. Thank you for, for taking Jack seriously there. <laughs> he talks about it way too much. All right, how's the, uh, how's the Arizona Fall League going? We just talked about the catch you made. What's it like to be down there with some of you know, the top prospects in the game and, and getting the opportunity to show off what you could do? 
it's good, man. It's it's um it's fun playing with all these guys. You know, just being surrounded by you know, like you said, the top talent in the minor leagues, and um you know, getting to build relationships with these guys that uh, will one day hopefully carry over into the big leagues, and and um you know, just just being around these guys, you know, pushing each other. It's been it's been fun, and um you know, going into it, you know, we like to think of it as like a, de- a developmental league, and um just trying to work on things, trying to fine tune uh, some things going into the off season, trying to figure out things that you know maybe I need to work on or um, you know something that that would be beneficial to me going into spring training next year. and um, you know just looking to finish out this next uh, week and a half strong, you know get better and then uh, going into the off season, have a uh, you know healthy, successful off season and uh, looking forward to twenty twenty and you know going out there and you know continuing to get better and just see what I can or, uh, you know, prove what I can do. Mickey, taking a step back and looking backwards, coming out of high school, you're the number one overall pick in the draft. What was that like? I mean, at the age of, you know, what were you, 17 at the time? I mean, that I, I mean, when I was 17, I was, you know, trying to figure out how big an asshole I could be, essentially. Like, I, you know, and you're getting picked number one in the draft. Uh, what's that like for a kid that age and, and such a big thing, you know? It was a whirlwind, you know, at first. Uh, I would say it didn't really sink in. I'd say my first half season in the GCL, you know, it was, uh, you know, it happened. You got to go out and play pro ball for the first time. And, and you know, you the you know draft day, you're the number one pick. And it was a huge celebration for me and my family. And, and you know, we were just very grateful. But, you know, I didn't think, um, you know, there's a lot that comes with it. And I think uh, a lot of it started to settle in and sink in, you know, that um, that first full season. And, you know, the good and the bad, you know, obviously there's a lot of mostly good that comes with it, but there is some bad stuff. There's a little bit more of a, of a you know, eye on you, so to speak. So um, I think that first full season was, was me learning how to deal with the pressures and learning how to deal with uh, that title. And, um, you know, every year I like to say that, you know, every year I've gotten better and every year that I've uh, played pro ball, it's gotten easier. So, um, you know, I, I just look to, to continue to do that. And, I mean, it's been fun, dude. I, I've, I've enjoyed every second of it, even the highs and the lows. So uh, I'm just looking forward to, you know, getting up to Philly one day and helping the team win. Now, is it true that in high school you only struck out once your senior year? Nah, Honestly, I couldn't even tell you. Maybe close to that. I don't know. Close it was around one. Close to one. It was around <laughs> one. That is amazing. I mean, it's in Southern California. It's not like it's not like southeastern PA. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a yeah, little exactly. more serious. Um, good, so how, good competition. Yeah, for sure. How would you say like your game has changed since since being picked number one overall? I mean, I think it's just learning to adapt with the game. You know, you got a lot of guys going out there, uh, pitchers throwing to you different. I know from my first season all the way till now, the game has changed. Uh, you know, tr- uh, drastically and. Um, you know, going into at bats, you know, getting, uh, you know, the scouting reports are out there. They're, they've gotten better, but they've also gotten better on you. So, just kind of, um, you know, knowing what the pitcher is going to try to do to you, and uh, you know, you're not going out there with a 2-0 count expecting a fastball right down the middle. You know, most of the time it's 50-50. They might throw you a breaking ball to try to keep you off balance. But you know, the game's changing, and uh, I think for me, just the biggest thing that uh, has changed is just trying to learn, you know, what pitchers are doing to me and. Um, staying true to my approach, finding out who I am as a baseball player. And, um, you know, I think I've, I've made big strides this past year and, and the year before that and, you know, looking to continue to do that next year. You talk about finding out who you are as a baseball player. Is there a, a player that you've emulated your game after or someone you kind of see yourself in? I remember when you were drafted, a lot of people made the, the Christian Yelich comp, which 
of course, that would be, you know, I think you would be very happy to have a Christian Yelich like right. her. But is there anyone who you either growing up or, or kind of as you got going, you kind of model yourself after? I mean, you know, I'd, I'd love to stick with the Christian Yelich one, you know, looking at it now. But <laughs> yeah. you know, I think for me, just uh, I tried to try to kind of uh, put different aspects of other people's games into mine, kind of just, you know, like take different things from certain people. I, I remember growing up, I used to watch, you know, Robinson Cano highlights just to look at his swing and try to, you know, put some stuff into that. And then obviously guys like, um, you know, back in the day, Jacoby Ellsbury when he was going good with the Red Sox and, and just little things like that. I like to think that, you know, I can do everything well. I can play defense. I can hit. I can run. Steel bags. Uh, the power's coming. I know it's in there. I know that, you know, one day it'll be there. So I'm not worried about that too much. Um, I like to think of myself as, you know, a run producer, driving them in, scoring them. So, um, you know, just anything I can do to be the most complete player and help the team win, that's just kind of what I look to do. Now, Nicky, you obviously had uh, your your best season as a pro stats-wise this year. I mean, at double-A at 21 years old, that's awesome. Um, what do you think was the main factor in that? I think just, like I said, going through every year and picking up little things and improving on those things as I go. Um, you know, like you said, getting thrown into pro ball at 18, you know, some guys are going to take a little bit, a little bit more time to develop than others. And um, I like to think that, you know, I didn't take too much time, but I definitely think there's a, um, you know, a point where, you know, maybe I needed to take a step back and, and kind of figure out what I needed to do as a baseball player. And, um, you know, just picking up little things, learning how to deal with the 140 games every year, learning how to deal with, you know, the outside pressures, learning how to deal with the slump. Um, you know, I, I, the, starting the year off, you know, hitting 195 in double A, you know, there's never, there's never a panic button. Um, you know, if you, if you would have told me that I would have started my first year in Lakewood off hitting 195, I think that, you know, everything would be set on fire and, you know, people would be running around in my head, just, you know, going crazy. But, um, you know, just like I said, learning that, you know, you're going to have some struggles. It's just baseball and, and just trusting in yourself, being confident in yourself to, to know that you're good enough to pull yourself out, out of it and, you know, ultimately have a productive year and, you know, ultimately help the team win. Well, we already established that the slow start was all my fault. Like, you know, it was, <laughs> right, 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 right. So, yeah. uh, it, yeah, now that it, there's no excuse this year that you're no longer in the bio, so we can't use that anymore. Um, right. Now, Mickey, we are a very pro uh, Jason Ochart podcast. Um, how would you say that, that he has kind of helped your development this year? Any tips? Like, what did, what did he kind of do to help you kind of along the way this year? I think my favorite thing about Ochart is just um, – you know him being so knowledgeable about the new, you know, the new style of hitting and and all the all the new analytics that go into it nowadays. I think that you know just being a guy where you know we do do we do use some you know uh, technologies that you know I haven't used in the past and just being able to use that and then going to him and, and kind of getting you know the full rundown of what that means and how I can implement it into my game. You know I like to think of myself as more of an old school way of thinking, just like hitting wise. Um, you know, I tend to, to work well with, you know, maybe thinking line drive up the middle instead of, you know, connecting your back hip with your whatever it may be. So I think just going to him and, and having him there as a resource has been huge for me. Um, I like to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn the new way of, of, of how we do things, you know, hitting and baseball and all that stuff. So I think just for him being there and having a guy like that in the organization where you can turn to and, you know, is only going to help my game that much more. And, um, I've only gotten to spend, you know, a year with Ochart, and he's roving around, you know, going to everyone around the uh, the organization. But I think the more time I get to spend with him is, is only going to be beneficial to me and, you know, everyone else in the Phillies organization. I feel like we and our listeners have gotten to know Mickey Moniak, the baseball player here, very excited 
about Mickey Moniak, the baseball player, but what about Mickey Moniak, the guy? What does Mickey like to do for fun when you're not playing baseball? Which I know pretty much takes up the vast majority of your yeah. time. But what else right. do you like to do for fun, Mick? Uh, well, if we're talking during the season, you know, I, I, I've roomed with uh, Luke Williams the past two years, Josh. You know, we like to hang out. You know, we keep it pretty mellow. Um, you know, off days, you know, usually kick it on the couch, watch some TV, watch some movies. But, um, you know, we'll have our days where, you know, I know out here we went to Sedona and, and you know, went out there, went ATVing. And, you know, I like to get a little adventurous sometimes, but I like to keep, I like to keep a good balance between, you know, going and doing fun things and, and keeping it mellow. So, uh, you know, back home, I like to go to the beach a bunch, uh, pick up basketball, whatever it may be. But, yeah, it's, uh, I like to enjoy myself. That's awesome, man. Mickey, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you taking the time for us. I mean, Jack is literally grinning <laughs> ear to ear. I'm not even kidding. The, the, the smile is – and he's not someone who smiles very often. No, so. that's not true. No, 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 <laughs> that's not true. Yeah, Mickey, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. And it is our pleasure to introduce – the top prospect in the Philadelphia Phillies organization. We like to call him the future. We like him very much on this podcast. We've <laughs> talked about him quite a few yeah. times. One, the only Mr. Alec Bum. Alec, thanks for joining us, brother. No problem. I mean, this is, uh, you like, my co-host is grinning ear to ear right now. He is very excited to have you on. He is uh, quite a fan, Alec. You can't even talk. I can't, even, can't talk. even talk. That's how, that's how bad it was. He was just silent there. Yeah, how bad? I mean, I was trying to spit out a word and it just didn't come out. You should. I wish you could have seen his face because he literally just clammed <laughs> oh, up. Oh, you made me look like an idiot. You know, <laughs> we're talking to the bone here, and I look like a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Alec, what's the uh, Arizona Fall League been like for you down there with the top prospects in the game and getting to show off what you could do? Uh, it's been a blast. You know, getting been able to come out here and you know play alongside a lot of guys that we played against throughout the whole year. And, uh, you know, just to get to know them and, you know, pick up a few things from them and watch them play and, you know, vice versa. It's been a good experience. Are you getting worn down at all? I mean, you played a whole, you know, you, you've moved three levels this year, which is crazy. You get up to double A and then, like, you, you just rake everywhere. Then you get to the Arizona Fall League. You continue to rake there. Are you getting worn down at all or are you just a machine? No, I mean, they do a pretty good job of keeping us fresh here. So, I mean, not too often do you play, you know, a lot of games in a row. So, you know, you get, you know, you play a couple of days, you know, get a day off and then we have a, you know, a full team off day. So it's, they do a pretty good job here with the league and the manager here to, you know, keep everybody fresh. Alec, we all know you can rake. I mean, that is, that is what we love, but how's the defense been coming along? Do you see yourself as a third baseman long-term? Is that your ideal position? How's that been coming along? Yeah, I feel like I can do that. You know, I feel like out here I've done, uh, I've done well. The only thing I've done out here is just, Really, I've gotten errors on throwing balls that I just shouldn't have even thrown. But, you know, that's the reason I'm here is to, you know, find out what plays I can make and what plays I need to just hold on to the ball and not make the throw. That's really interesting, actually. So you're kind of learning, like, not just, you know, how to play the position, but also learning about what decisions to make more than anything. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a big thing is just making the smart decision. You know, there's times where, you know, you go and, you barehand a ball and the guy's going to be safe, but you throw it anyway and you end up throwing it away and there's no need, no need to make the throw. And, uh, you know, just things like that to, you know, take care of the ball and, you know, obviously you want to get everybody out, but there's times where you need to just hold on to it and, you know, go from there. Now, one of the things that I thought was really cool when, when the Phillies drafted you was how much you talked about how 
you know, you 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 hate striking out, and it's 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 bore out in the minor leagues. Like you don't have big strikeout numbers. What is it about? Like, why do you hate striking out so much? Is mainly is mainly my question. Uh, to me, it's just always been, you know, through college and everything, it's just been thought of as just like a useless out. I mean, I, you know, I just whether there's nobody on, there's somebody on. If you know, if you put the ball in play, there's at least a chance. Can you know maybe at least just get on base? Might not get a hit, but you know put the pressure on the defense. Maybe they make an error. You know who knows? But you know for me, I want to at least give myself a chance to get a hit. All right, Alec, I got to ask you the tough question. My co-host here, Jack Fritz, fancies himself a pitcher. Yeah, a six-one overweight, <laughs> slightly overweight. We'll slightly say. overweight. Yes, uh, never lost in the high school playoffs. I'm two and zero. Two and zero. Uh, and he uh, ranked by perfect game as the 45th in the state. Your 45th senior? in the state of Pennsylvania. Yes. So, do you think you get a hit off Jack Fritz? I don't know. <laughs> the answer is absolutely. You would murder him. You would. You would get many hits off him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, my high school cutter was my bread and butter. You know, uh, I was a cutter guy. That's that's perfect. <laughs> Alec, you're from uh, Omaha, Nebraska. What's there that's fun to do in Omaha? What 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 does one do for fun when they go to Omaha? Uh, the College World Series. That's oh, always, yeah, good that's, call. That was always a big thing that came around every year, and growing up, that was, you went out there every year, you know, ever since I could remember growing up in Omaha, that College World Series games. Now, I saw that your alma mater made a big coaching change. Now, are you excited for the Eric Wedge era at the Wichita State? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've talked to a lot of guys that I still know that are still playing there, and you know, they, they said that they uh, they like him and they can, you know, see that he's going to be good for them. Alec, a, a lot of at least fans ha- have watched you hit, have, have seen the numbers, and feel like we're pretty much ready for you to be a part of the Major League roster. Do you still feel like you have a lot to prove at the Minor League roster, and, and do you feel like you're ready for that, that leap? Uh, that's not for me to decide. You know, I, I go where they tell me to, and... When they feel that I'm ready, then that's that's when I'm ready. And how did you feel that the addition of of Jason Ochart to the staff kind of kind of helped your development this year? I love Jason. He's uh, you know, he's people on the outside looking in think like he's the this driveline guy, like forcing all this new stuff on us with the technology and everything. But that's that's not at all what he does. He, you know, he's a really smart hitting coach, and he sees every guy with what they have, and he works with. He works with your swing. He doesn't try to just make this cookie-cutter thing. He That's what makes him really good. He just, with what you got, and he puts together a plan for you, and you go out and try to execute it. Did you like, because uh, I guess one of the things he kind of implemented with you was trying to pull the ball in the air more. Did you like that change? Was it an adjustment? Um, and did he, did he work on, like, your load at all, like trying to get your hands in, in a strong position to hit? There wasn't a lot of mechanical changes, but the pulling the ball in the air was a one focus. There was, you know, that's when you look at the numbers and everything, the pull side in the air is where the majority of damage is done in baseball. And uh, so for me, my first year, I don't think I hit like one ball pull side in the air in that short sample. And we just wanted to work on, you know, getting to that. And uh, for me, once I opened up that side of the field and started pulling more balls in the air, the more doubles and homers came and the power started to show and I still had the, uh, the opposite field to go to as well.
Alex, so Jack and I have a way of celebrating your home runs. Yeah. We're a big fan of calling them a boomer. Yeah. Have you ever done this, and should this be our fan group for you's name, the Bomers? You, you guys, that's your guys' call. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll support whatever. I love it. Listen, because back in the day, like when Howard and Utley and all those guys are coming up, like they all had their fan groups. Like there was the the Howard's Homers, there was the uh, Padillas Flotillas, uh, the Wolf, Wolf Pack, Pack for, for Randy yeah. Wolf. This is like way back in the day, and we want to bring them back, and we just want to be the Bomers because it, it just it just flows off the tongue. Yeah, it does it does come off pretty easy. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Alec, uh, last question. Um, is there a player that you kind of grew up loving and, and emulate? Is there like is there a player that you kind of emulate your game after or, or want to kind of emulate? Uh, I'd say, I mean, there's a few. Growing up, some of the, the older players, I really watched uh, Derek Jeter a lot. I just really enjoyed watching him. And then more like modern nowadays, I, I'm a Big fan of uh, you know Bryant and Arenado, watching them similar same position and you know watching how you know things they do on defense, things they do hitting, all that stuff. Awesome, Phillies top prospect, really a, a pleasure for uh, for us. Uh, thank you, Alec. We really appreciate it. No problem. And it is our pleasure to welcome in the number one pitching prospect in the Philadelphia Phillies organization, a man who I know myself, and I speak for many Phillies fans, are very excited to see pitching in the Philadelphia Phillies rotation someday soon, the one, the only Mr. Spencer Howard. Spencer, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it is actually our distinct pleasure. I know that I speak, I'm not kidding, man, like, this past run here in, in September, even in August, there was a, a large chorus of Philadelphia Phillies fans, not even just saying, yelling, bring up Spencer Howard. Um, what do you think about that? Like, is that something, do you feel like you're you're ready to make the jump? Are you, are you almost there? Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I think especially knowing that my body can handle such a long season now, um, yeah, I do feel ready. Yeah, how big was that for you? Because you had the the shoulder injury to begin the season, um, and now have you kind of felt like you've proven to yourself that you can stay healthy and and pitch throughout an entire season? I mean, you pitched this this well for the most part of the season, and now in the Arizona Fall League, it's been a long run. Everything holding up well. You feel healthy. You feel strong. Yeah, for sure. I think it was a nice little nice to be able to take a step back and realize that I'm not superhuman as much as I wish to be, but. Um, to kind of get that into my routine and then to be able to hopefully prevent anything else from happening. So, yeah. How's the experience down in the Arizona Fall League been facing some of, you know, the top prospects in the sport? What's it been like down there? Yeah, it's great. Um, Obviously, the competition is better, uh, which makes it more fun. You got to know what you're doing um, and try to just beat guys not only physically but mentally. So it's, it's definitely been a good experience. Yeah, has it kind of like taught yourself anything more about you? Like you're facing some of the best competition in the sport. And, I mean, from what we've seen and from videos on Twitter and just looking at your stats, like you're pitching really well. Has that been important to you? Um, yeah, I, I guess. I came in with a mindset of just trying to get better and get a little bit more consistent with everything. And so I personally have seen some steps in the right direction. There's still a long way to go, but um, – yeah, I definitely feel like it's been productive for me. You talked a little bit about the the mental side of the game. Obviously, you have all the physical tools. 
How hard is that as you keep going up in levels and facing better and better hitters? How much does the mental part of it change as you go? I think that's the biggest thing. Um, for me, especially, it has been just, especially from last year, uh, like it was outing to outing. I was like, oh, am I going to have my stuff this outing or not? And then you'll go through stretches of not and stretches of, uh, of having it. And then this year, just trying to make that more consistent, like routine-based. And so I know everything that I've done every day and just trying to write it all down and um, make that as consistent as possible in the preparation aspect and then having that overflow into games. Yeah, and when you came out of out of college, you were like 92 to 94, and now you're up to like 98 we've seen from down the Arizona Fall League. Where's the, the velo jump come from? Um, I'm not really sure. Probably, uh, <laughs> probably just learning how to throw a baseball. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, that must be a pretty cool thing. You're like, yeah, it's like oh, I guess I'll just figure out how to throw harder. Why? Like, Why not? Here yeah. it is. Yeah, just trying to throw it harder. <laughs> That's a good way to go about things. Are there any uh, uh, pitchers that you kind of model yourself after, or you know, someone you do you see a certain pitch someone has and say, "Oh, I want, I want to do that." Is there are there any that stick out to you? Well, as of late, it's been watching Garrett Cole do his thing, oh, and that's a pretty good guy. Good guy of all that guy's stuff, and being able to command everything and just completely overpower hitters at that level and in the playoffs, it's unbelievable, honestly. Yeah, we're hoping future Philly Garrett Cole. I'm not, you might not be able to comment on that, but I'm sure all of Philadelphia would love to see that guy here. I'm with you, man. He's been a, a workhorse. Now, now, Spencer, like your mechanics have changed a little bit since college. You know, it feels like since you've gotten to the big leagues, you've gotten into the Phillies uh, minor league system. They've put a more emphasis on creating more downhill momentum. Like, how have your mechanics changed from college? Uh, in college, I was super stiff and started preset on the rubber and. It, I was cross body and every pitch I felt like I was trying to throw as hard as I can. And it's kind of shifted more towards just learning how to use my legs athletically and not being as robotic with mechanics and kind of just discovering what feels good for me and trying to roll with that. Spencer, what do you like to do for fun outside of baseball? I, I know that, you know, when you're grinding through the minor leagues and all that, it can kind of become baseball as your whole life. But but what does Spencer Howard like to do for a good time when you're uh, playing? We have a pool at our Airbnb out here, nice. and I bought a, I think it was like an $18 pink flamingo, and I've been floating <laughs> on that just about every day. So. That is awesome. Nice, relaxing hang sesh, huh? Yeah, exactly. That is awesome. Spencer, uh, are there any other um, things that stick out from, from your journey through the minor leagues? Is it, We talked a little bit before about, about being ready. Do you think that there's anything that you've learned the last year or so that you feel makes you ready to make the jump to the majors? Um, I think it's just trying to see how much better hitters get at every level and making the adjustment. So... I mean, I haven't been to AAA yet, but I'd imagine the hitters are better, and it's just a matter of finding out how much better you can get to keep up with that. Are you excited to uh, pitch with those AAA balls? Yeah, I've heard they get baby powdered up, so they're extra slippery. <laughs> would you would you say that your your repertoire is kind of complete? I mean, you have the fastball; it's obviously legit. Changeup, I think, is just taking a huge step forward. And I think your curveball has a nice depth to it. Do you feel like your repertoire is kind of complete? Are you trying to hone in those pitches, or are you looking to add more? Um, I'm not sure. I think I have a long way to go uh, until I master all of my pitches right now. Um, but maybe in the future, add a couple more. So you never know. There's always room to improve. 
What do you think is the biggest difference from Cal Poly Spencer Howard to now being legit number one Phillies prospect Spencer Howard? Um, probably learning myself a little bit more, a little bit more mature, uh, just by a hair, and just getting more into a routine and becoming an actual pitcher versus just um, I'm going to go chuck this ball and see how it goes. Who's the toughest hitter you've ever faced? Is there someone you face and he just really just is, is such a tough out? Yeah, I don't know if he's still playing, but I remember facing Eric Filia. He was at UCLA at the time, and I remember watching him in the game before and just being like, wow, this guy is super legit. And then I came in, and I think he hit a double laser line drive right back at me and kind of just asserted his dominance over me. So, so yeah. Uh, all right, so this is I'm, – I'm asking you to look into the future a little bit, but we all know, as we said, you know, here in Philly, we are we are eagerly awaiting your rival. What do you think it'll be like for you to step on a major league mound for the first time, knowing the ball is in your hand and, and you've achieved that that ultimate goal? Uh, obviously, it'd be super, super exciting, and I'd probably be a little bit amped up. Um, I know the fans in, in Philly are great, and – just to be able to feel that energy from them would be incredible. Um, it'd certainly be a lot better than here. We get like 200 fans a game, so it's a little bit dull. But, yeah, I think it would be incredible. What have you heard from the Philly fans? Have you have you kind of heard the tenor and heard the tone? Because, like, a lot of people have been calling for your name, man. No, I haven't really heard much other than in interviews. Um, but I, I hope it's all good stuff. It is, it's man. definitely it's, it's definitely all good stuff. It's passion, it's excitement, and we are we are dying for a uh, a pitcher, a young pitcher, to come up, and uh, you know we're we're excited. Man. Yeah, and Spencer, it's like been like eight years since we've been to the playoffs. You know, we see the Nationals go to the World oh, Series my yesterday. God, it's killing us. It's absolutely it's killing us. So uh, we just look forward to you getting up here and, and hopefully helping us get over the top. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you so much, Spencer Howard. We really appreciate it, brother. Thank you. We're back. <laughs> we didn't go anywhere. No, nope, still here. It was like a half a second. I just waited and I put a little editing mark. <laughs> no, we're back. Super. It's good. All right. Um, that was really cool. Those guys were great. Um, yeah. Shout out to Daniel uh, Kirsch who yes. set that up from the Arizona Fall League. And again, if you want to watch Arizona Fall League, action, which I will. We know. Trust me. Oh. Fall League championship game can be watched on MLB.com October twenty sixth at two p.m. Eastern. Their website is mlb.com slash AFL for more and all information about the league. Fritzy. So uh, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, our guys. Our Listen, guys. They're officially our guys, our guys. now. And now <clears throat> we have actually interviewed Spencer Yeah, Howard. now we actually talked to Spencer happened. Howard. He yeah. called us while we were just talking there. Yeah. You don't know, but it happened. Future ace. Future ace Spencer, Spencer Howard was happy to talk to us. Yeah. Spencer Howard's great, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I legitimately sounds watch, like a smart dude. Watching which the, is very cool. Watching these playoffs, it's like, man, the Phillies need a Spencer Howard. Type. Yeah, big like time. a guy that's well, like Nola's awesome. Nola's obviously great. I'm very happy with Nola. Like just an ace, right? But he's like a one A ace. Spencer Howard is a guy that we need to be that power guy that you can kind of just put in the middle of a game and kind of shut it down. Well, how cool is it that now that the interview has happened, as I got confused for a second, but I want to make sure that, that the audience, you guys have heard the interview now, yes. based on where we are in the 
Record. That's been a whirlwind. <laughs> but it, we brought up Garrett Cole. We brought up that guy that we talk about. Is as that the guy kind of emulates af- after? That was pretty cool. He may or may not. Wait, where are they? They already listened to it. So basically, <laughs> so basically, so basically, he said that he can envision himself being in a rotation with Garrett Cole next year in Philadelphia. Yes. Or at least that's how I took it. That's how I took it. Too. Yeah. It's like yeah. Spencer. Har- oh, I already laid it out. Number one, Garrett Cole. Yep. Number two, Aaron Nola. Three, Spencer Howard. Yep. Four, Jack Fritz. Five. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't, oh, dude. Watching the playoffs sucks. I mean, I love watching the playoffs, no, but it, it sucks, sucks right now. It, it sucks. Hurts. It ki- it's a killer. And absolutely, I need the Astros to win the World Series with every bone in my yeah, body. Yeah, but here's the thing. I like this Yankees team. Oh no, I oh, like this man. Yankees team because no. I'm jealous. It's like they're a big market team that knows how to do it. Why can't we do that? Yeah. No. Strong, hard no. Yeah, because you grew up with the old Yankees. I hate the Yankees. It's so thirsty to hate the Yankees. It's not. What do you mean thirsty to hate the Yankees? Ghost Rose. <laughs> Ghost Rose. Well, Future Philly Garrett Cole. You want to remember that guy? Yeah, let him win a World Series and then come here on a six-year, $250 million contract. Boom. God, that's so much money. Yeah. For a pitcher? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy town. Yeah. I'm still glad they didn't pitch. I'm still glad they didn't pay Patrick Corbin. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. Not Gary Cole good. Not Gary Cole. Cole's going to get a lot more money, though. Look I'm, I, in my head, they sat in, in, in my head. They sat up the Patrick Corbin stuff because they knew that a year from now they're uh, it's signing Gary obviously. Cole. Obviously. Yeah, they know they have a plan. Come on. I trust this. <laughs> they have a plan. Yeah, I trust right. this team. Final thoughts. I don't know. My final my, my main thought was the Middleton thing. Yeah, all right. My main, my main thought is that was awesome. Thank you to Mickey Moniak, Alec Bohm. And Spencer Howard for joining us. It's going to be cool. One day they're going to be stars for the Phillies, and they're yeah. going to look back and be like, "Oh, I knew the." They're going to say to us, "I knew those guys when." Well, no, because we're we're going to be huge by that point. That's what I'm saying. Then we're going to be I'm we're going to be mano they a mano. Are going to say to us, "Yeah, oh, I knew those guys when, like right. back when we were just doing." Come on, Jack. God. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be peers. <laughs> we're going to be peers. Yeah, we're going to be, be professional baseball players. No, maybe. but we're going to listen. They they are officially our guys. They are guys. We have established that. Friends of the podcast. Friends of the podcast. Mickey Moniak said he's going to follow me on Twitter. He's he not, did. He has not followed me on Twitter yet. This is outrageous. I have it. I have tweet deck on. I can't over here. believe you asked him to follow you. Well, I just thought it was ridiculous Talk that he unfollowed me. Thirsty. Oh, it wasn't Talk that. about Thursday. It was. It was. Hey, Mick. When you followed me, goes no. Wrong. That's not true. That's I true. embrace the thirst. That's my. Yeah, philosophy. it's disgusting. Um, <laughs> um, the the playoffs are brutal to watch. I need the Phillies back. I need to so we can like like seeing this people freak out about the stupid ass shark dude do thing. Just like Philly is such a better chant town, and we're so much better at everything about being sports fans than. Than Washington. Yeah, well, they're a chump. Then no one showed up. Like, they don't have people there. They didn't even sell out NLCS. That's games. embarrassing. That's embarrassing. It's gross. Yeah. All right. Rate and review the podcast. Do it for Jack. Do it for me. Do it for Mickey Moniak, Alec Bohm, and Spencer Howard, who have been kind enough to go rate and review the podcast for us after we finished. Sure. They said they would do it. So do it because they did it. Yeah. What do you think about that? Follow their lead. Yeah. Follow their lead. We'll be back next week. He's for Tom Seltzer. Thank you.